Okay, so I'm back with Dr. Jan Osborne in part two of this incredible interview. Previously, we talked about the most impactful things that I learned from you, Jan, that everyone deserves respect. Everyone is doing the best they are capable of in that moment. Uh, motivation equals value divided by effort. And finally, the, we talked about the power of relationships to get things done. I also shared in the intro to last episode that becoming wise is a bit like Robin Hood. We steal from other people who are wealthy in wisdom, and then we give that to other people as much as we can. So let's begin there. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Frederick Buskey. I've been growing leaders and future leaders for over 30 years. Through my own experiences and through working with hundreds of other leaders, I've learned that school leadership is a journey that occurs in three phases. Urgent leaders spend their time completing tasks while intentional leaders invest their time building systems. But strategic leaders create time by growing people. In 2018, I founded Strategic Leadership Consulting to help make this journey more enjoyable for leaders like you. Through my daily email, monthly microjournal, online community, my upcoming book, and of course this podcast, I keep you company on this journey and provide you with actionable ideas and tools to live and lead better today and tomorrow. What have you stolen from people who came before you that we haven't already talked about? Well, let me look over at a, uh, I'll show show some more, see it. I know this is probably an audio podcast, but uh, I had the opportunity to help another ESC 10 years ago when the time the superintendent left on short notice and financial problems. And they, they came up with their own Janisms after that. And uh, some that you would recognize, um, in difficult times, and I don't say this to be rude to people, but there's times there, there's a song the Eagles have, uh, it's called Get Over It. And whether it's myself or people I'm dealing with, they want to keep going over to win the point that they're right. I've done it. Still do it. Probably, I've probably done it today. I don't know, but I could have done, uh, tried to prove myself today. There's a time to get over it. Move on. And... Um, one that no one will understand is, is uh, might be some obsessive depulsive characteristics. Is I, I do a lot of things in three. Like when I talk to people, you've heard me all the years, I'll tell you three things. Well, I'm trying to swing that or change that differently. So I said five, but I probably came up with three things. Uh, another thing I stole from Dr. or excuse me, Speaker uh, Bob Cup when we were advocating for increased special ed uh, funding. Uh, he very thoughtfully looked at Margaret and I said, infinite need, limited resources. Where do you think we should put the resources or the dollars? I think I said this one uh, to you, uh, stop sharing at your shoes and look forward. I can't remember remember that one. That one. <laughs> so again, it's up for interpretation, but a lot of times people feel defeated they don't think they can solve it. It's too overwhelming. Again, many hands make light lifting. That's why the collaboration, true collaboration, uh, is so important. Um, anyway, there, another fellow uh, came up with the saying during the technology 
uh, growth in schools in the 1990s. That collaboration uh, was uh, an unnatural act between two consulting adults. Does that make sense? Is that you can edit that out? But you know, it's it's it's, it's unnatural for us to want to collaborate. So uh, we got to acknowledge that we we are a nation of individualism, you know, competition, and I think it's important that we recognize that. Uh, we, we need to collaborate. Um, and then if anyone knows me, they know I'm an old person, older, I'm a senior citizen by far. I'm not, a, I'm well in my- Only by definition. Okay, well, I, <laughs> I, I'll go with that one. So I tell people when they start talking about some things and I just want to get my point across that let's just get something done today. I always say, I don't plan that far ahead. I don't even buy green bananas. <laughs> I sold that one. I don't remember where I got that one. Yeah, you, you mentioned, and I, I, I was taught by an old German professor in my undergrad, uh, if it's important enough to remember, remember where it came from. And he had a photographic memory. I remember it was too rainy. So I got it dealt with a physics uh, professor about particles, and I'll say faster than the speed of light. Where can I prove him wrong? And he says, go to the Science Digest 1960 edition, page like 111, left-hand page. And there's that. I, I never could do that, but I think it would, that's a great idea that if it's something worth really sharing, that's why I give Dr. Shri the credit and stuff. Those are the people that came up with it. As far as I know, that's what I want to do. And I want to remember the foundational work. Um, I think you're the one that told me this, that I never met a donut I didn't like. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> I think you're the one that told me that. So uh, Mara, it's on the plaque on the side over here. So. Yeah, it sounds exactly like something he would say. <laughs> there, there's two others. And, and again, uh, one of the things is uh, when people come when they want to do something that sounds a little bit beyond our, our capacity, that we need to maybe do it in steps. I remind them that when I said, well, just do it and it'll be okay. And I said, it's like when my second grade son came home and said, can we bring a puppy home for the night? Well, 19 years later, it, it uh, lost its life, you know, but 19 years we had this dog that we brought home for one night. So some of these things we've got to think about what's going to happen if we actually try to do some of these things. And the last thing is I learned from uh, a wonderful fellow, a brilliant, brilliant gentleman, MIT graduate, he was uh, starting technology and he, he figured out uh, how to get more bandwidth and not cost much. So the phone company called him up and and uh, was complaining to him and uh, that, that that just wasn't right. He says, well, if, is it illegal, immoral or unethical? They go, well, no, but it's just taking up more bandwidth than we usually allocate for, for one phone line or two phone lines. He said, end of story. So sometimes I'll say to people, OK, now we're all over the board here. Is it unethical, immoral, or illegal? If it's not, then, you know. And one that Pat Smith used to say, uh, Frederick, she looked in the same vein and say, uh, some things are negotiable and some things aren't negotiable. In this situation of whether it's a state rule, guideline, state law, it's not, it's not negotiable. You know, we can argue about it, but that's not re going to resolve anything. So let's submit we move on. I want to go back to one of the things that um, you said, and I can't remember which which one it was just now, but it made me think of the time um, when I 
when I first started working for you, I had lots of great ideas. I had lots of great ideas. And if you'd have only followed all of my great ideas, right? <laughs> and you said to me one day, Frederick, everybody's got great ideas, but who's willing to do the work? Exactly. And and I've remembered that. And, and I think that's so, so important for assistant principals because everybody looks to assistant principals and they want you to do the work and you want to help people. And you wind up taking on everybody else's monkeys. Here, I have this great monkey. It's wonderful. You can feed it and pet it and play with it. Here, here. And when we take on all those ideas, and if people aren't willing to roll up their sleeves and do the work, then we wind up with all these monkeys. And we can't do the stuff that we really should be doing. Well, exactly. Exactly. And it goes back to about uh, thinking of others, you know, and then back to, yeah, there are several thoughts I, I thought of, uh, you know, why are we asking him to do whatever it is? And what's it going to take to be, what's the outcome back to resources? You know, infinite need limit resources, is there going to be a great outcome for that allocation? And, um, you know, and I, I, I'm stuttering because I don't want to insult anybody with my generalities, but you know, if a person wants to go into administration to get that next administrative job, get the title and get attention, then that's be upfront, admit it, and so other people know it too and, and can respond accordingly with them. But I hope people are true to themselves and true to others about their motivations of why we ask people to do. I think there used to be a statement about blood and guts, George Patton, General Patton. It was, I know my one uncle was in his unit, World War II said, uh, yeah, it was our blood and his guts, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's something to remember, you know. So what are we asking people? What are we? And I'm going beyond where you're at. Um, a lot of people believe the most successful administrators are people that are good at delegating. And you know, I'm not good at delegating. You know that. Uh, and I'm just a stubborn person. But I think unless I go through what they go through, then I'm not going to ask them to do it. And I know that's not going to be true in, in a lot of districts that people can have the luxury I've had to, you know, be a true officer for a year, classroom aide. I, I, I worked as a preschool aide on Monday. We were short staff, you know, I, I mean, I do custodial work. That, that's not what they teach in grad school. And I wouldn't encourage people to do that. But, you know, Tesa, back to humility, I mentioned at the break. I think the, the idea of knowing what people actually do, you know, this uh, secret boss thing was on TV, you know, where they disguise the boss and boss found out like, oh, that really is terrible. <laughs> Why are we doing that? Well, they ordered it. I, I think that we really got to keep trying to understand where people are coming from what they're doing so we know when we ask them to do something it's for the right reasons and it can lead to success for kids yeah so i think in in thinking about all of this and going back to this theme of wisdom i think giving away wisdom is fundamentally different than giving advice and you know when i give advice i'm telling you what i think you should do but when I'm sharing wisdom, um, 
I'm trying to give you what you've indicated you need to do with what you will. How, how do we how do we share wisdom without it being like we're giving advice? That's a that's a great question. One that needs some um, thoughtful thoughtfulness. I I think we have to understand that back to things we've already said, and and, and we won't summarize them all. But again, realize that we got to be ready when that opportunity unfolds, appears. And I think part of that is awareness, awareness through things like listening. And I think that we also have to be willing to make that a priority, even if we think we got to do another task. Um, I, I, I think that it's, again, um, Back to, you gave the Dr. Deming quote, steal shamelessly, share graciously. That was out of total quality management and education. Uh, and I think that's the idea that we go in is, is again, non-judgmental. Um, here's something that has helped me. Maybe it can help you. I'll share it. Doesn't mean you're going to use it, like it. If you're not, no judgment. We'll go on. But I think it, it takes all the, the, uh, many of the topics, characteristics that we've been talking about and a few more we haven't mentioned that were open. And I, I think that uh, we've used the term in education, teachable moments. And I think it's not teachable, but it's the moment, recognizing the moment that situational opportunity to do something we normally can't do. Don't get hung up on the task and again, I applaud those who, who are greatly task-oriented, time-oriented, efficiency. But also, I encourage everyone to be open for that moment that, you know, you, you can use all types of metaphor, grand slam or touchdown, whatever it might be. There's something that, you know, could come special could come out moment, moment if you just go off script and let opportunity and realize that person is going to give you feedback to make it even better. It's not just a matter of you sharing the knowledge or myself sharing the wisdom. It's to prime the, 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 the so-called pump that others engage back to um, state superintendent that's one of the favorite ones in Ohio is Dr. Franklin Walter. And fortunate enough to have a class from him. And, and there was a lively discussion where a student said, Dr. Walter, all you ever talk is about money, money, money. Should we talk about such and such? And so that guy, Dr. Walter, thinking about some things, and he thoughtfully went through the things, and he said, uh, through part of the dialogue, uh, said, you know, if you got a friend that has half of a good idea, sometimes you have to help him out and explain the rest of it to him. Hmm. So look for those opportunities, you know. You don't know. You don't have a – I think it's wrong for us to think, well, I'm going to teach him a – a message about wisdom on honesty or a message on caring or whatever, but you can see that there's something more that could happen and, and I'm not describing that very well, but there's just these moments, you know, if I just take the time and do something maybe I don't think I have time for, what could happen? Yeah, you think about our Friday night things. I, I know I, um, I, I took advantage of my wife who or why, why weren't you home for dinner, you know, uh, type thing. Uh, I don't, 
I'm not proud of that fact, but there were some moments that there was some great growth by all of us. I'm sure Pam might have had some one nights wondering, why are you still at work? But um, it's not always after work. It'd be during a meeting where something happens, but people say, well, we got to get this agenda finished. But it's not always about agendas. Oftentimes it is, but what just happened here that could make things better for all of us? Do you remember the question? I've talked so long, you probably remember what <laughs> I do remember the question. It's about wisdom and how how do we share wisdom in a way that is not giving advice? And you know, I think one of the things you said in there is that really is about it's about timing. And I, I think in I had the vision of when we're giving advice, we're trying to put something in somebody's hands and tell them where to put it. And when we're offering wisdom, it's just here's here's this thing. Take take from it what you need from it. It's like putting down a basket of goodies as opposed to shoving a plate of peas in front of a kid. I never did that to you, Mara. Never shoved peas in front of you, did I? <laughs> um, I have some pretty traumatic stories about squash soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you tell me offline? I want to hear about these stories. <laughs> uh, so where are we? I'm looking at my outline because we've gone all over the place. Um, I think we're bringing this to a close. Uh, Jan, is there anything else that you would like these administrators who are listening, leaders who have incredible power to influence other people's lives to make things better? Any final words for them? Well, I would make a qualifying statement. Uh, anyone who's listened to this will quickly understand I'm not the smartest person around. Uh, I take the Woody Hayes approach. I may not be the smartest, but no one's going to outwork me. And uh, I've had the wonderful experience to be in public education. This is my 51st year. I'm here by choice because I believe in public education and what we, the power of public education to help children. And so I think that, uh, and I tell people I'm selfish. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm productive enough. I Hopefully I'm making a difference, but I grow from all of you. I think that's the, one of the key messages is it's not about me. If I want to be selfish, I, I need to be quiet and listen to all of you to learn from you to make me better. And I know it's going to work this one other quote in uh, Dr. Charles Galloway of Ohio State uh, in the middle 1980s, he used to, he had actually a, a, a video, or it was actually a film back then, that he ended every presentation with this line. And I think you'll like it, this statement. I not only love you for what you are, but for what I am when I'm with you. And I like myself when I'm working with other educators, parents, you know, other you know, professionals, um, that's when I feel I'm selfish. I'm selfish. And I think others can be just as selfish. I've ran into too many people when they had 23 years in Ohio, they had seven to go. I say, how are you doing? Well, I only got seven years to go. You know, don't live in the future, live in the moment and make the most out of it. So, you know, those are things that come, 
you know, sometimes the, the biggest thing you do for yourself is to give to others and you'll find out how much you get back from them. Um, and as I said, I've learned some of the greatest experiences from the most humble people uh, that we uh, started a, a group home uh, many, many years ago, over 40 some years ago, and uh, didn't know what we were getting into. And uh, we opened it up and back when they were still having institutions, adults, children, institutions, we brought some individuals back. And this one lady, she had uh, two changes of clothes, none of them fit correctly. She needed, uh, didn't get dental care and had to, you know, have all of her teeth out. So she was gum and everything. And she and I was having a conversation and she asked me about Thanksgiving. And she asked me when I have Thanksgiving, was I going to go to see family? And she said, are you going to have pumpkin pie? And she come, well, you have pumpkin pie. Yes, I am. She says, yes, I am. I am too. And I can't put it in words to see this lady came from an institution after 30 some years, separated from family, didn't have family anymore, didn't have clothes, didn't have teeth. And she was most gracious and excited that she was going to have the experience of Thanksgiving with pumpkin pie. Now, you know, I, I got nothing to compare to that, except, you know, I, I thank her for sharing her her optimism and her kindness and her humility with me that changed me in 1981. I, I mean, I think that's the other thing we got to remember is how did we get to where we are? No, we don't do any of this alone. We don't, you know, I hear people that are so-called, I'm sorry, I'm preaching. <laughs> I'm not giving wisdom here. You know, I, I, I guess there could be someone that's a self-made person, but boy, I can tell you in my life, it's people making a difference left and right. And we're all oftentimes reflections of the people we're around. Mm. Yeah, as I said, I've learned a lot from you, Frederick. So, you know, thank you for everything you've shared with me over the years. And keep doing the, the wonderful work you're doing. And uh, more people need to be sharing and listening with you. Uh, you're, you're our future. And your colleagues are our future. And um, that's, that's what you got to remember. It's not easy. Oftentimes, it's not glamorous. Oftentimes, you won't know for years whether you make a difference, but you've experienced some of it, and you'll continue to do it. Uh, it's not always on our timetable, but uh, I've known a few people over the years, and you're one of the best, and just keep up the great work you're doing and, and keep going forward. Thank you, Jan. It means a lot coming from you. Well, it's, it's true. It's, thank you. Mara, do you want to add anything from the perspective of a 23-year-old young professional in all of this that you've heard? Yeah, I think the big takeaway is everything that you started this conversation out with, which is people before purpose. And it sounds like every single thing that you've talked about over the last hour or so is all been about connections and relationships and people and um giving people space i think um always creating space for others um which i think in return creates space for yourself um which is really cool and i think one other thing that i keep thinking about that jan said 
when you were talking about um no one ever fully knows what you experience um I think even if they have gone through the same experience, the same situation, it's still never going to be the same based on how we were raised and how we react. And, um, no, everyone, everyone reacts differently, um, and has been taught to react differently and hold things in or express <laughs> what they're feeling. And I think um, even if we do go through the same thing or we have similarities, we're still not going to fully understand um, what the other person is going through or what they're feeling because we're always coming from a different um, experience and situation. Um yeah, I think those are my big takeaways. And just, it's been really cool to see uh, y'all's relationship. Um, Jan, I didn't really, I haven't really known you ever. So I've heard about you obviously a lot throughout the years, but it's just been cool to to hear you both go back and forth and sharing memories and um, lessons that you've taught each other, which I think is also the other beautiful thing. Um, it goes both ways. You're never, it's always, most of the time, it's a mutualistic relationship, um, mutually beneficial, whether it, sometimes it probably doesn't feel that way, but it always comes back around. Like you said, Jan, you might not know for years and years that you made an impact on someone. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I made some judgments. I, uh, I shouldn't say this to you or your father. Um, when your father wanted to go teach higher ed, I thought, why would you ever give up this wonderful life in Putnam County? I thought, you know, how, how, why would you give this up? But I've watched him over the years and the marvelous work he's performed. And I understand now that was his, his place to be. And so I got to keep reminding myself and, and, and one of the many, many uh, traits I admire about your, your father um, as we build our relationship, um, I, we could, we could say, um, I don't want to say difficult things, but that's a term that comes to mind. You know, we can be very candid and honest and your father was always like, well, thank you very much. And I'm thinking, well, if someone said to me, that to me, I'd probably be very angry at him, but your father would take it all in and say, well, you know, and, and very honestly, so, well, thank you for sharing that. And I, appreciate where you're, you know, we're candidates and stuff. And I thought, well, you're, you're, you're a great guy. Cause you, you got the confidence and, and, uh, awareness and the wisdom to say, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. And that's, you know, you're, your father, I just, um, Hey, uh, I know you're, this is over with, but you remember we talked about, there's never a lack of good things. Other people will let you to do Frederick. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you may want to explain that to people. So um... I will add that one to the list. I actually, I wasn't going to drag this story out, but um, you know, you just talked about accepting feedback and you've given me really explicit and sometimes hard feedback. And it's, and I've taken that 
And I've also tried to learn to do that for other people. And, and I've had several former students come back to me and say, you are one of only two or three people in my life that has ever called me out on something and said, hey, you know, you really need to give me critical, not mean, but critical feedback. And so I think if we really care about people being willing to confront them in a caring way, but to say, hey, you have this behavior and it is undermining who you want to be. Uh, I think that's powerful. And so uh, I've managed to make it through this whole thing without crying. I might cry on this one, but, uh, you know, yeah, I had a lot of confidence. I had a lot of confidence when I came to work for you. Uh, overabundance might be um, term. And and one day I remember, and I think it was probably one of those Fridays, but uh, we were we were kind of getting into it on something. And you said, Frederick, and you didn't say it meanly, but you said it clearly. Your problem is that you're arrogant. And uh, you were probably the only one who could have said that to me that I would listen because I knew if you said it, it must be true. And I remember walking out of the office and getting in my car and I cried. But you were right. And and I don't, if you had not been able to say that to me, I don't know that I would have been able to continue to grow or grow as much in realizing it's not about me. Like I have to be better at listening to people. My job is not to fix things. My job is not to tell people. My job is to listen to people and then, you know, respond as they need. But your willingness to call me out on that um, was critical. And so I guess that's something else as we close this up that, if if you're a leader and you care about people, sometimes we need to have those, you need to be able to say those hard things because you want somebody to grow. Yeah, I hope I, I apologize. I don't want to make anyone ever have sad feelings or you show me crying or anything, but obviously I guess I felt I needed to say it, Frederick, but uh, apologize. No, no well, I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have cried if I didn't see the truth in it, right? But somebody had to, somebody had to call it out. <laughs> well, and, and again, this is just an interesting thing. I share your information, your your emails with everybody, and I shared it with a fellow in state government that has nothing to do with public education. And he loves you. He said, of all the things, he's gone through state leadership trainings, the premier program in Ohio, different things. Is getting more out of your, your. I don't know if he's, he gets your emails. I don't know if he's listened to the podcast. I get, I get reached back to him, but to show you how these experiences go around, uh, he's telling me what he's learned from you, and he gave me a quote that love them enough to tell them. Yeah. So I'm saying that in case that would get on this podcast to see if he recognizes how it's gone full circle, that I he got information about you through me and now i'm sharing back to you information he shared with me the other way it's it's a marvelous life is marvelous Mm, mm, yes thank you well and thank you for sharing so much of this marvelousness 
I have one more question for you. This is your 51st year in education, the vast majority of which has been in in formalized leadership positions. So, Dr. Osborne, what part of your leadership are you still trying to get better at? Well, I think you shared that that might be a question, and I I still I would say I'm not satisfied in any any area. And again, I guess if I want to be honest, I do want to be honest. I don't think about being a leader. I just think about being myself and what I might be able to help anywhere along the line. And again, I'm not trying to be, you know, brag myself up. That's that's the last thing I'd ever want to do. I just want to take ownership of who I am. My whole thing is not that I want to be a leader. Uh, I don't like getting up in front of people. The older I get, the less I like that. You know, that's for other people. I I just think that the reward and is just helping. Uh, the person that you met, it was a, a well-known legislator in Ohio, and now he's uh, in, in another role. He quote a quote that's been used other places. If not for us, who would be doing these things? And if part of it is leadership that comes out of it, fantastic. But the goal for me is not to be a leader. My goal is to be a good person and a good educator and a good friend. And if part of that is I can help somebody that I, I don't get up in the morning and say, I'm going to help someone to become a leader. And I'm like, I just want to overall be that person that people want to go see. Not the person they want to walk away from or get away from. I hope that there's people that I, that feel comfortable enough with me that they want to come see me. That's Jan. Mm-hmm. Just Jan. Just Jan it is. Mm-hmm. I love that. You, you know, I I just feel comfortable when people say, that's just Jan. Mm-hmm. So keep it up. Ah, oh, Jan, this has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's uh, marvelous catching up. And again, we learn from each other and I've learned a lot from, and again, you, Mara, your family, Pam and her work, uh, you're our future, you know, we're handing the baton off and, and I feel good about it because I know there's people like you, Frederick, that's done over. The worst thing we can do is start doubting. We can revamp, we can, you know, change whatever we can evaluate, but it's lonely doing the things that are tough, difficult to do. And that's the thing for back to administrators. Sometimes you'll be the only person. There'll be people looking away, looking at their shoes for different reasons that we talked about, because it's not easy to, to take a, a position that may or may not be popular. Um, a lot of the work is just doing the right thing. Mm. And you do. Okay. Thank you. Well, colleagues, this brings us to the point in the episode where it's your turn to participate by making an intentional choice. If you do nothing with what you've heard today, then you've spent the last 30 minutes or so being entertained. But if you choose to do something with what you've heard, then you will have made an investment in your own leadership. If you already have a clear idea of how you can apply some of the wisdom shared by Jan, that's wonderful. If not, let me offer three possibilities. First, 
Jan closed with these words. The goal for me is not to be a leader. My goal is to be a good person, a good educator, and a good friend. I just want to be that person that people want to come see. People want leaders who are invested in people's growth. So can you be that leader? Can you be the leader that people want to come and see? You can, and you can do it by investing in other people's growth. Secondly, forward the show link to a colleague and say, there are some really great pieces of wisdom in this. I want you to listen to this podcast episode. Third, identify the one big takeaway or question that you have from this episode and share it with me. You can record a quick audio message or a video message, or maybe just type something into an email and share it with me at frederick at frederickbuskey.com. Thank you for including me on your leadership journey. Remember that you can walk more with me by subscribing to my daily leadership email and quadrant two, my monthly micro journal. And if that isn't enough, we can walk further together in Apex, my virtual paid community for assistant principals. Apex helps you network with other APs and participate in group coaching with me. You can learn more about Apex and my other offerings at my website, frederickbuskey.com. I look forward to seeing you again on Friday when we recap this week's daily emails. I'm Frederick Buskey, and thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Cheers.